Welcome to Heart of the Psalmist, cultivating the heart of creatives. Now, your host, Sharvis Witted. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Heart of the Psalmist. This is the show where we're asking God to create in us clean hearts so that we can create for him. I'm your host, Sharvis Witted. And as always, thank you for stopping by and joining the conversation. Well, one of the things that I've been studying deeply, probably since around summer 2020, I would say, is the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk a lot about the Father, rightfully so, and Jesus, of course, rightfully so. Sometimes we forget about the Holy Spirit. And I really felt led uh, by the Holy Spirit to study about him, who he is, his ministry to and through us, flowing with him as a psalmist. How do I do that? What does that look like? And walking in fellowship with him every day. I actually ended up doing a 10 lesson series with my worship team this past fall on this subject, flowing with the Holy Spirit as worship leaders and musicians. And it was a great study. Uh, we look closely at what the scriptures tell us about the third person of the Trinity. Not what we thought. We wanted to make sure that we investigated the scriptures carefully. And I'll tell you, we learned a ton. Um, and we discovered there were a lot of things to unlearn. Yeah, we had to unlearn some things. And on this episode, I want to share with you one of the greatest lessons that we learned that required some unlearning. And with that in mind, I'm going to title this show, Close the Gap. So what is a gap? It is a break or a hole in an object or between two objects. Another word we could use is an opening or a space. Now, with that in mind, I want you to listen to what Jesus says in John's gospel, the 14th chapter, 16th verse, John 14, 16. Jesus says this, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Now, I want you to take note of the word forever. It's very important. It's a Greek word, aeon. And the sense here is limitless time and endless era. This will not end. He will be with you forever. That same word is used in Hebrews 7, 23 to 24, speaking of Jesus Christ and his heavenly priesthood. It says, the former priests on one hand existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. He continues forever. That's that same Greek word. So that's letting us know that the priesthood of Christ will never end. So first of all, when we think about the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit never leaves us. He is with us forever. Now stay with me. I'm building a case. We're talking about closing the gap. Now let's see what the Bible says about where the Holy Spirit resides as he abides with us forever. Jesus said he's going to be with us forever. But where is he? Where is he? 
Well, John 7, 37 to 39 answers this question. This is Jesus again. John 7, 37 to 39 reads, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Then he explains what he meant in verse 39. But this he spoke of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, the key word I want you to focus on here is innermost being. It means the inner aspect of a person as a place of thoughts and feelings and consciousness. It's a part of us that's inside of us that exists, but we can't see it with our eyes, our innermost being. Paul also says something similar in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. He says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, dwells in you. And again, in chapter six, verse 19 of first Corinthians, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own. So when I put all this together, the Holy spirit abides in me forever He's not out there somewhere in the cosmos. He takes up residence in the believer, imputing all that is in Christ, righteousness, justification, redemption, all those things that we have in Christ. He connects us to Christ, the true vine, and he works through us. How do we know he works through us? Well, the Bible makes it very clear. Fruit of the spirit in Galatians. Gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. So when we begin to display the character of Christ, that's the Holy Spirit producing that in us. When the gifts of the Spirit, you know, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, tongues and the interpretation of tongues, all those different gifts that Paul lists, those are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And where is it manifesting from within us? Now, while most worship leaders, psalmists, and musicians listening to this show now would agree with me. In reality, we often don't think of the Holy Spirit this way, do we? And it's our language, the way that we speak of the Holy Spirit, that betrays us, especially in the corporate worship context, when we're doing what we do. Consider these common lines that we use as musicians and worship leaders. Come, Holy Spirit. Fall fresh from heaven. Send your spirit, God. Rain down your spirit, God. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think that these, in most cases, are genuine pleas from the heart. We read the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. We see how the power of the Holy Spirit flowed through these people. And we want to experience the same thing, right? I think that's great. We want to see the sick healed more than we do. The lame walking, the blind see, demons being cast out, cancer and muscle disorders being healed, signs and wonders, right? We want to see that. But I think there's a problem 
in the way we think about the Holy Spirit and our language reveals it. Our language reveals what we think. And here's where we get to why I titled this show the way I did. You see, we see a gap between us and the Holy Spirit. Our language betrays us. It shows it. And our thinking, he's out there somewhere far away. And we must beckon him to come and manifest his power among us. Now, it may seem like I'm playing semantics and making a mountain out of a molehill. I know, but I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. This is a big deal. The things we say reflect our thinking and how we think about the Holy Spirit impacts how we relate to him. Now, when I look at the life of Jesus and the apostles, I see something different. I see a different way of speaking and relating to the Holy Spirit. They didn't act or speak as if there was a gap between him, the Holy Spirit, and themselves. For example, let's take Jesus. The Holy Spirit, as we know, came upon him after he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. In the Gospel of Luke, it says that he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And according to Acts 10.38, the works he did, the signs, the miracles, the wonders, was the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. It says that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit in power, and he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, because God was with him. Okay? So we know the Holy Spirit was upon him. We know he walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yet I never hear Jesus when faced with a sickness or a demonized person ask for the Holy Spirit to come. I couldn't find that anywhere. Let's look at the apostles. Peter, for example, we know he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was at Pentecost. Now notice what he says to the lame beggar at the temple in Acts 3, 6, and 7. Very familiar story. But notice what he says in verse 6. I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. That phrase, such as I have, sticks out to me. This was the power of the Holy Spirit in him that flowed out and healed this man. But he didn't speak of the Holy Spirit as being somewhere out there. He didn't. He didn't say, Holy Spirit, fall down, come and heal this man. He said, such as I have. He didn't beckon the Spirit to come. There was no gap. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit does not fall down on us every time we encounter a situation that requires a power he has. He doesn't come and go. He's right here in our innermost being. Think of it this way. He doesn't fall down on me. He flows out of me. He doesn't fall down on me. That happens when I get saved. He flows out of me. There's no gap. Again, my friends, I'm not playing word games. I promise you. 
this is serious to me. And when I studied this and learned this, I realized that it was impacting how I related with the Holy Spirit in a negative way. And I'm challenging you to think differently about the Holy Spirit. There's so many other things about him that we can study and learn, but I want to just focus on this. I want you to think differently. There is no gap. I mean, this has and still is changing me, man, in more ways than I can count. But let me just share with you three things that has changed in me. And I believe if you embrace this and begin to see the Holy Spirit this way, these things will happen to you as well. First thing I want to share is that this understanding that there is no gap between me and the Holy Spirit, not if I'm saved, it has changed the way I minister. That's the first thing. I don't spend enormous amounts of time passionately asking for God's power to fall from heaven. I don't do that anymore. Power already resides in me because the Holy Spirit dwells in my innermost being. I don't try to set an atmosphere. I am the atmosphere. Remember, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come into me. He's changed me. So there is already an atmosphere of power inside of me. Now, I'm not saying there isn't something to us coming into a room and the things that we say, the songs that we sing can kind of impact the atmosphere and, and impact the way people think. I think there is something legitimate to that. Okay, But very rarely do I see the need now to sing songs for four hours <laughs> to get the Holy Spirit to come and do something. Because I don't see Jesus do that. And I don't see the apostles doing that. They understood that he was in them forever. See, I just trust what Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit is with me forever. And he's helping me and he's empowering me to represent Jesus on the earth. I don't even need to feel anything in particular to believe he's with me, right? I just trust in what Jesus said and what he promised. And I ask the Holy Spirit to flow out of me as I minister. It's been a big change. That's the first thing. It's changed how I minister. Here's number two. It has changed how I fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I realize that no matter where I go, he's always there. Though at times he can move in tangible ways that we feel, I don't rely on that or seek that to know that he's with me. Whether I'm at home, driving, uh, making music, or shopping in the store, it doesn't matter. He's there. So I remain conscious of that, and I fellowship with him every chance I get. I fellowship with him when I'm shopping in the grocery store. I fellowship with him when I drive. And I don't have to set an atmosphere with music so that fellowship can happen. Now, again, I'm a musician myself, and when I do fellowship with the Holy Spirit and pray, sometimes I do use music. So I'm not saying that's wrong, but I have abandoned the thinking that I have to spend four hours just to get him to come. Then he's in the room. No, he's right there with me. He dwells in my innermost being. Music can be there to help, but I don't need to do anything to get him to come. He's already there. I can fellowship with him anytime, anywhere. I just walk in fellowship with him. Last thing I want to share is that it changed where I think the Holy Spirit can operate. Now, this is probably the biggest one. 
If you go back and check out my podcast episode entitled uh, Beyond Brick and Mortar, I think it's either episode 22 or 23, somewhere in the 20s. Go check that one out. I talk about a specific experience I had while I was studying about the Holy Spirit that taught me this. Um, You see, if he is always with me, then I don't have to wait until Sunday morning when worship is high and everybody is praising and getting those what we call Holy Ghost goosebumps. (laughs) Um, These are ways that church culture has conditioned us to think about the Holy Spirit. But if you look at the life of Jesus, he did more ministry outside of the synagogue. See, the Spirit abides in us. He's with us forever. And if I understand this and walk in fellowship with him constantly, he can flow through me anywhere. So now I find myself praying for people in parking lots and in the grocery store without music, without shouting, or without an atmosphere being set. You know, if I'm in Walmart, I can't go to customer service and say, hey, there's a guy on aisle three who is sick He has cancer. I want to pray for him. But can you guys play this worship instrumental for like an hour? No, I can't can't do that because the power doesn't come from that music. It comes from the Holy Spirit. So listen, we've got to close the gap. I want to challenge you. Get into the Bible. Renew your mind through the word of God. Change your thinking concerning the Holy Spirit. He does not come and go He is always, always with us. Just fellowship with him, with this mindset, and your life and ministry will be revolutionized. I promise you. Well, that's all for today's episode. This one was kind of right in your face, but that's okay. We need it like that sometimes. I hope that you embrace it and close that gap between yourself and the Holy Spirit. He's right there with you. If you're saved and you know Jesus Christ, he's abiding in you. Just learn to walk in fellowship with him. Get into the scriptures, renew your mind, and then allow him to flow through your life. Not fall down, but flow out of you. And you'll see ministry like you never had before. But until next time, guys, take care. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon.